Lord, would you draw to yourself reluctant, stubborn, and even unbelieving hearts to truly believe that you have clothed us with garments of salvation, that you have covered us with the robe of righteousness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, this is what I, I call Florida cold when you know, the rest of the country has single-digit temperatures, and I woke up this morning and was like, oh my goodness, this is winter. Um, you know, it's dipped below 70. I better get a sweatshirt on fast. Uh, no, it's really good to see everybody here. Um, I hope your Christmas is going swimmingly. I had the, um, we'll call it the distinct pleasure this week of having my entire family come down from Georgia, and my, the grandparents wanted to take everybody to Disney World. What a great idea. You know, we got to be with like three million of our closest friends. I mean, it was like this. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh. And actually, people are pretty rude because they're just like, everybody wants to get on the rides, right? It's like, hey, man, I wanted to get on Space Mountain, and now I have to wait, you know, 200 minutes. Um, it was crazy. I mean, it was really insane, the mass of humanity. And I'm not somebody who likes to sit in traffic. I, we live in College Park specifically, so we don't get on I-4 ever. And so, like, me in a crowd, I'm just like, personal space, where's my bubble? You know, you're invading it. Um, and so you had people from all over the world there, this whole crowd. We're all there. I'm in a grumpy mood. And Beth a couple times was like, I mean, you're getting grumpy. You know, I'm like, I know. I want this to be special and fun for the kids. But, oh, the crowd. It was driving me berserk. Well, until this moment, we were at the Frozen show, which they just reenact the Frozen show on stage, so Elsa and Anna come out, and of course, you know, when, what's the snowman's name? Olaf, thank you. Olaf jumps out there, and I mean, oh my goodness, my little girls were just like, ah, it was amazing, you know? You would think they were at a U2 concert or something, I mean, it was like amazing, but they, they were just like, so... Elsa and Anna are on the stage, and we're singing, let it go, and it's, you know, I'm kind of getting into it, like, oh, man, this is pretty awesome. So my grumpy attitude started to change a little bit, but then I saw Rosie, my four-year-old, and she was up on her tippy toes, like, pushing on, like, the seat in front of her, you know, the person didn't seem to mind, and she was, it was like she was on the stage. She had this wide-eyed wonder, and she was singing all the songs, and it was like, this is about me, you know, and she was just having so much fun. It was like she was there. She was connecting. It was amazing. And I had this verse came into my mind as I saw her from the prophet Isaiah. God has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. And it dawned on me like, wow. Oh. All these people in this crowd, everybody here, they're like, they have a story. Every single person here. Instead of them being like thwarting me from getting on Space Mountain, these are people made in God's image. Every one of them, God desires for them to know that they are his beloved, that they are his children. Just like my daughter Rosie just was living into it in that moment. That's every person. Everybody you encounter, the grumpy coworker, the curmudgeonly boss, the neighbor that's going, get off my lawn. All these people have stories, and they just haven't perhaps realized their belovedness, that they too are clothed in this righteousness. See, because there's no neutral territory. We're either believing this or we're not. 
That's in essence what a lot of our sin really is. While it can be bad behavior or, or breaking the law, another way to put it is, is we're failing to actually recognize what has been gifted to us. And we're failing in that way to see who we really are. And we act out of that. I mean, we're all looking for validation everywhere, aren't we? We're comparison shopping. We're seeing where, where do I measure up to people, uh, you know, <clears throat> We're all shopping for fulfillment, whether it's in material things, whether it's in getting your relationship to be just right, or to find that relationship with just that right person. We're looking for circumstances. We're looking to improve ourselves to be the best me, to create the best life now. But underneath all of that, I think, is all of us wondering deep down, will someone really love me? I mean, does someone really love me? Not for what I can do, not for what I perform for them, but actually because of me. Renee was a 19-year-old girl who was a drug addict. She had lived a really hard life. She was addicted to cocaine and pills and alcohol, and she was in the party scene. And Jamie Twarowski was out with some friends, and they met Renee. They started to get to know her and hear her story, and turned out she needed to get into a drug rehab facility here in Orlando, and she couldn't because she had to be clean for five days before they would accept her. So Jamie decided with his friends that they would stay up and be a five-day vigil with Renee. She had actually taken one of the razor blades that she had used on her cocaine. She had actually carved into her arm, screw up, only it didn't say screw up. So Jamie and his friends, they took Renee and they said, okay, we're going to take you out to concerts. We're going to take you to a magic game. They drank copious amounts of coffee. They talked with her. They read books. They prayed. They helped raise money eventually to help her through her rehab recovery. But they came around her. They entered in with her. They spent five days, difficult days, for her to go through getting getting things out of her system so that she could go in and get the treatment she really needed. She needed someone from the outside to come in and love her well enough and walk with her through what she was going through. She was no longer alone. But you can imagine the pain and the hardship that she had undergone to get to that point. Jamie eventually founded an organization called To Write Love on Her Arms, based here in Orlando, which has reached out to millions of people who have thought they are without hope and that they are alone. People who have been harming themselves and even contemplating suicide have been touched by this. But this is what Jamie wrote about that account with his friend Renee. He said, take a broken girl, treat her like a famous princess, give her the best seats in the house. Tell her something true when all she's ever known is lies. Tell her God loves her. Tell her about forgiveness, the possibility of freedom. Tell her she was made to dance in white dresses. Tell her who she really is, that she is God's beloved, that she's been believing lies about herself and about who God is this whole time. It's so hard for us to believe, isn't it? as we're getting ready to flip the calendar over from 2017 to 2018, that it's really still true. That God really loves you that much, that he's pursued you that much, 
that he's actually, he hasn't sent you an instruction manual and said, good luck putting that together. He hasn't gone, here's a 12-step manual, this will help you get better and become the best you. He's actually entered in. Come in among us. That's what the incarnation means. He has come and God has assumed flesh. He has walked in our steps and come among us. The Word became flesh and lived among us. God is redeeming our lives. This story ought to shock us out of the numbness that we feel about Christmas and this, oh, we've heard all these stories. And it, it actually shouts and proclaims to us, your story matters. You matter in a profound sense to God. There's this line in one of the recent Star Wars films where Kylo Ren, the, this isn't a spoiler, don't worry. Kylo Ren's a, uh, you know, he's like the Darth, villain, Darth Vader villain bad guy, and Rey is the new heroine, and, and she's, you know, so they're talking, and he says to her, you have no place in this story. You came from nothing. You are nothing. And Rey was having to figure out, what role really do I have in this story? What's this going to mean? Things were up in the air. I want you to know the gospel of Jesus Christ means things are not up in the air like that. It's actually been sorted out for you by the God who loves you. God has done what we were powerless to do. His design was always for us to become like him, to flourish, <laughs> to revel in knowing that we are his beloved and therefore we're free to live in gratitude to him, loving and serving him and our neighbors. We all know it doesn't seem to always work like that for us because we doubt this. Like the late Tom Petty would say in Learning to Fly, he would sing, Some say life will beat you down, break your heart, steal your crown. I wonder going into this new year what name you have written into your forearm. Who are you? at the core. Aren't you more than what your web history suggests? Aren't you more than what your resume says? Aren't you more than your, your grades or your GPA or the choices you've made or the circumstances that you find yourself in? The gospel, the good news, the announcement from God is, yes, you are more than that. You are the beloved. <laughs> You are clothed with garments of salvation and covered with a robe of righteousness. Uh, in theological terms, this means we have an alien righteousness. That means it's not a righteousness that comes from who we are and our performance and our doing better. It actually comes from outside of us. It's alien to us. It's God had to break into history and break into our world in order to save us. And he came in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And you see this woven through Scripture, this idea that we need garments, that we need to be covered, we need to be clothed, and it's a gift, and it's received. In the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve didn't trust God, they trusted the words of the serpent, they trusted their own hearts, they didn't look to God, they didn't trust that He was good, and so they ate from the forbidden tree, right? And the curse came, and God said, you're going to have to be banished from here. Before, they were naked and, un and you know, unafraid. They didn't know. They were unashamed as they were in their nakedness. And then when sin entered the world, they felt like they had to hide from each other and from God. And the first thing God does 
is he makes for them clothing and puts it on them. Foreshadowing what God would ultimately do for us. Jesus told a story about the prodigal sons. There was a good father, and you've probably heard this, but this one son says, hey, dad, I know you're not dead yet, but I want your inheritance like now, and I'm going to take it and go and have fun because I know how to live life. And the son takes the inheritance, he goes to Las Vegas, and he has a wild time, and it's amazing and fun, and then he finds himself in poverty and emptiness, and he's full of shame and disgrace. He says, God, my my father's never going to receive me back, but maybe I can go back and just work for him. Maybe he'll give me a job. And he goes back, and when the father sees this son returning from afar, who had said, forget it to him, I wish you were dead, and took the money and ran, that son comes back, and the father, when he sees that son, he bounds off the porch, goes out to meet him, and what does he do? He puts his robe on his son. He takes his ring off of his finger and he places it on the son's finger, saying, this is my son. He's returned. Let's throw a party. Let's have a feast. This is good news. He's identifying his son as his own with a garment by covering him, by cloaking him. And the prophet Isaiah is saying a similar thing here when he says, God has clothed me with garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness. It's not the robe that I've created. It's not a robe that of my own doing and making, but it's actually a gift from God. Something that he has bought at a deep price by sending his own son in the flesh. You know, Jesus had to wear a robe at his crucifixion. He was being beaten by the Roman soldiers and mocked and spat upon. Huh, you're no king. And they throw a purple garment over him to mock like he's royalty. He wore that robe and then he was nailed up on a wooden cross to suffer a death an atoning death for you and I. And he wore a garment of death and took it all the way to the grave for us. And he rose victoriously with power. And he promises at the end of Revelation 21, there's this picture of the redeemed, those who are the bride of Christ, being made ready, being clothed in white with the righteous robes as being redeemed by the Lord. That's why we wear white up here. These these funny dresses... This is, it's not a fashion statement. This is is to visibly express what God has done for us, that he has put on us something, that we we are no longer bearing our own garments of our making, but actually the robe of righteousness given to us by God. And you are wearing this robe, spiritually, metaphorically speaking. You have this robe too. It's been given to you by God Almighty gift of salvation. You have a new covering. As Isaiah the prophet would say in another place, though your sins be scarlet, he shall wash you to be white as wool. You have a new covering and a new game, or a new name. And you're now, your new name is Christian, follower of Christ, one who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And may that truth Soak and resonate in you in such a way that as you leave here, as you go out into your place for New Year's Eve festivities, as you spend New Year's Day tomorrow, as you go back to work at some point or school this week, remember that you are beloved of God, that you have been robed in righteousness that is His. And nobody can take that from you because it's a gift offered by grace.
Isaiah says this will bring kings to their knees, that every tongue will confess, every knee will bow before the name and person of Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen and amen.